It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And last week, when we were signing things off, I said we got one more Rankings 2.0. We're going to do tight ends and IDPs, hybrid style, like we did in the summer. But then as I got into it, started liking the tight ends I was watching. And then I kept liking the tight ends I was watching. So I said, let's devote an entire episode to the misfit children that are tight ends, Colin. Yeah, the hardest position to scout uh, <laughs> is getting their own. I, I I respect the the idea here. I had trouble getting the five. I didn't love them as much as you did. Yeah. But I'm really I'm really excited to pick your brain and have you pick my brain about all these prospects because uh, it's a, it's definitely a lot of good players that have very high ceilings, but. I'm I'm interested to to see what you think about a few of the lower end guys. Yeah, and that's I'm excited to talk about some of them. I mean, I think in the summer we only did three, and a few of our guys, or a few of our preseason guys, went back to school with Ben Urosik and Jaheim Bell. So some new names, a lot of new names making an appearance. We're going five deep on the tight ends today, and. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to talk about him because I I had trouble landing on just five, and it <laughs> seems like you had the opposite problem. So this will be a good one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we'll have a little bit more contention than we normally do in these because it's usually like, you know, four and five, we're a little unsure between then the top three, it's pretty chalk. And we don't discuss this either. Like we no. come on here, people think you guys compare notes. Everybody wants to, you know, come in with the similar mentality. No, we don't. We go in completely blind and end up in the same place. So let's see if we can find some differences here today. Let's start, Colin, at your number five tight end. Uh, my number five tight end is Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. He's 6'6", 250. He's got good hands. He's a physical runner. He has these long, long strides. He looks super tall. Uh, and, uh, I mean, he can run away from people. Good catch radius. Uh, he His route running isn't very good. Honestly, it, it he get, he makes it work a lot of times, and a lot of times it's him running away from people with those long strides. Uh, the run after the catch isn't great. Uh, he the the jumping, I, I didn't see a lot of him going up to get a ball, and he didn't seem especially like strong. I, I know I know that's all relative in this conversation, but like when you talk about a six six two hundred fifty pound guy, I, I just expected to see a little bit more out of him in in terms of uh, throwing people off and winning blocks and kind of winning at the point of contact. But uh, yeah, Musgrave, I, I really liked that he used his length pretty well. I, I feel like when you're six six two fifty, you can go one of two ways. And I, I think he'd be a pretty good um, red zone threat and just kind of working over the middle of the field, kind of a quarterback's best friend, put it up above the defenders and let them go make it work. Yeah. Um, first of all, a disclaimer, because this is important to mention. 
these rankings, as this is Camp Dynasty, are fantasy yes. football rankings, right? So yes. what I would grade with NFL mentality in mind as, you know, putting a lot of equal emphasis in blocking and receiving, things of that nature, this is skewed heavily towards players who I feel and you feel, Colin, are fantasy-relevant potential players. So with that being said, I actually have Musgrave higher on my list. Yeah, I, I don't blame you for that. I, I feel like like it, it does come down to fantasy value and how well you can receive the ball is the most important thing in fantasy. But seeing the field is also equally as important. So. Yeah, and this this was tough for me. Like I, I'll talk about my number five in a second. Musgrave is my number four. So this was really tough because the, these two players, I'm, I'm deciding between who do I like a little bit more. Musgrave is, like you said, he's pretty raw. This is a pretty raw player, and it's really unfortunate that we didn't get to see much of him this season. He played in the first two games of Oregon State's season, he put up 80-plus yards in both of those games and had a touchdown in the in the first game of the season and then uh, was injured for the rest of the year. So he has this amazing start to the season, this athletic you know, specimen of a tight end coming off of a pretty decent season as a junior, uh, really excited to see what he could do, and then he's injured. So we don't really get to see what a full season would have looked like, but – when you take a look at the sample size, the two games, he was off to a, an amazing start. And he might have been amongst some of the top tight ends in this class in terms of statistics this season. So what do I really like about Musgrave? I mean, he is, like you said, he's not a he's not a technician yet. He's very raw as a route runner, but man, he is an athlete. This guy has athletic traits for days. And it allows him, in a lot of cases, to separate deep down the field. Over and over again, you see him gaining yards of separation 10, 15, 20 yards down the field because he's just simply faster and more explosive than the players that are trying to cover him. So I just see a ton of potential with Musgrave. The The package today is not the package that you're drafting him for but I think he has a lot of potential to develop into one of these sort of flex tight end weapons. He definitely fits that profile of more of that receiving, you know, get him in the slot type of a tight end uh, in this class. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning where I was like, the guys towards the bottom of this list are not the, the product that you're looking for when you're like, oh, I want to draft this guy on my fantasy team. These are guys that have high ceilings potentially. But the floor is uh, worrisome. So if you're a, a ceiling drafter, if you're taking a shot, and these guys will be available late in your drafts, these guys like Luke Musgrave, it's not going to be somebody that people are like clamoring for and like fighting over early third even. And then you you could probably swoop the, or snatch this guy up, maybe throw him on a taxi even, or whatever you end up doing. And it, it's a he's also a pretty young guy in terms of. Uh, how it's generally gone with this 2023 draft. He's 22, uh, was born in 2000, so he's got a September birthday, so he'll be 23 when the season starts. But 
yeah, I, I I like the player, and I think he's got a ton of, like you said, athletic tools that make him a really intriguing player, and to see which way he'll go is, is something to pay attention to. Yeah, and this is also a player uh, with this on the top of our minds now less than two weeks away from the Senior Bowl. Luke Musgrave is going to be at the Senior Bowl, and the, the group of tight ends there – is not super impressive. So he has an opportunity to stand out there. I mean, assuming that he's healthy, I I don't know exactly if he will be participating in all of the activities next week, but assuming that he can, this is a player that could come out of Mobile with a little bit of added juice and that we're going to be talking about those sorts of players more on next week's episode, but a uh, little bit of a teaser there for Musgrave. My number five tight end is Tucker Craft. So, honestly, a lot of the guys on this list are kind of similar, and that's because that's kind of what happens with tight ends. You have these uber athletes playing at the college level, maybe not very involved in their offenses. Maybe you don't get to see you know, what it all could look like. Uh, but with a guy like Kraft playing at the FCS level, this is a guy from South Dakota State, uh, he was the centerpiece for them last season. Uh, and he had over 600 yards. Uh, dealt with some injuries this year, finished with 348 yards and three touchdowns. Um, the, the Jackrabbits made it to the FCS championship game, and I believe they won against North Dakota State. So good season for them. Good season for Kraft, despite the injuries. Uh, this, I mean, this is another player that just has a lot of athletic traits to like. Uh, he's a really good player after the catch, which is something that I'm looking for is in tight ends as a guy who's going to catch it on a short route, a hitch or an out route and, and be able to take it for some additional yardage. You see that a lot with Kraft. And uh, the one, honestly, one of the major concerns I had with him is simply his blocking. And it's not relevant to fantasy, but it will be relevant to him being able to stay on the NFL field and have a role as a pass catcher. It's certainly an area that he needs work on, but he has all the athletic tools and the traits as a pass catcher to be a really good tight end in the NFL. Tucker Craft is my seven. I... I, I liked his athleticism. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's going to be kind of baked in with a lot <laughs> yep. of these guys. Is they're all right around six foot five, two hundred fifty pound kind of freak athletes that can do multiple things, and that's why they're playing tight end. But Craft, uh, he he is a, a very you know he he's very attuned in the passing game. He can run away from a guy. He uh, I, I I didn't love. He's kind of top heavy. It feels yeah, like. he is. It, it feels like he's running over his toes, and like that's why he's not great at blocking because it feels like he's leaning, and then the defender can kind of just chuck him. And so, I I didn't. I, I guess I didn't love Kraft. Honestly, it, it seemed like it's a lot of uh, bells and whistles off of play action, uh, and the blocking is not perfect. So uh, coming out of FCS school, not my cup of tea. One, one name that's going to come up here 
inevitably, at some point, is going to be Dallas Goddard. Because Dallas Goddard was a product of South Dakota State. Now, I don't see this. I don't like if anyone's going to make this, the helmet comp here, I don't see that at all. Goddard, much more explosive, much more fluid athlete. Uh, like you said, craft a little bit top heavy, a little bit wonky. Um, Goddard, much more, much smoother, much better athlete, in my opinion. But uh, I, I, that comes up because we've seen it before, you know, where it's like something about something in the water up there gets these <laughs> tight ends to the NFL. And uh, yeah. So I, I agree though. Like I, I've seen craft like as high as tight end two in the class uh, elsewhere. And I don't see that at all. Like he, he was either, he, he was going to be in this range for me. He was either going to be four or five, there there's not I, I wasn't really you know I liked him didn't love him but I still think he has the traits to be a good NFL player yeah I I, I get you there I'd like to see him used maybe in the slot a little more I mean he's kind of big to be like trotting out there as a slot receiver yeah. but like the with the skill set he has I wouldn't mind seeing that he didn't play much in the slot he played 51 slot snaps all year um but it it would interest me to see if maybe that's in a little bit in his repertoire and then he can get out and block a db rather than trying to be on the end and hold his own against d linemen dns that that likes um but yeah we'll i'm iffy on this one give me your number four tight end my number four tight end is Darnell Washington. So uh, basically take everything with Kraft and kind of flip it, where th- this is a guy that is going to be seeing the field because of his blocking, and then the receiving will come because he's kind of freaky in terms of height, weight, and physical ability. So uh have here he looks like an 18 year old playing against 10 year olds uh he's can play every down he is incredible on play action because i mean you trot darnell washington out there at 6 7 270 and you stick him on the end line next to your tackle you have to think that they're gonna run the ball it's like i i have him comp Mercedes lewis i feel like that's the easiest comp in the world to make it's just this huge guy that is an extra tackle for you, great blocker, and can has a really impressive catch radius and a lot of athletic traits, but is such an asset in terms of blocking that he just won't be a heavily utilized pass catcher. It'll you you see in this Georgia offense him being used on them inside zone traps where he'll come across and peel back and destroy a, a edge that think he's thinks he's got a free rush at the running back. And then they'll just run off tackle his way, and he'll clear him out. So I I loved just his tenacity blocking. He, didn't, he doesn't have perfect technique, but I, he's athletic enough to make it work most of the time. Um, and so I, I think he'll see enough downs to be fantasy relevant at some point. But I don't know if he's going to be like a, hey, you have to draft Darnell Washington. Like, he'd be a cool player, 
because he looks really cool. He looked <laughs> damn good wearing number zero. But like at the end of the day, when you do a fantasy football podcast, it's like, okay, what does Darnell Washington mean in an NFL offense? Is he actually going to be a pass catching tight end? And that's a little tougher. Yeah. Everything you just said is what I was grappling with trying to come up with these rankings, trying to understand what I saw Darnell Washington doing in the NFL and what I felt comfortable projecting him doing. And what I came up with is that he's my number six tight end. So, and this is where the disparity really starts to show itself here because he's not my number six tight end in the grand scheme of the class. But it's hard for me to see a guy who is 6'7", 270, and think that an NFL team is going to use that player as a receiver enough that I would want to invest in, in him from a fantasy perspective. Now, that's not saying that it won't happen. And the guy is going to test off the charts for his size. I mean, he is an athletic specimen. This is a former five-star recruit in Darnell Washington. He has the athletic makeup to do everything at the next level. It's just that we haven't gotten to see a ton of the receiving game at Georgia. Uh, obviously, playing behind Brock Bowers doesn't help that for him either. No, not at all. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's a young player. There's a long road of development ahead for him. But I'm just nervous that he's gonna he's so good as a blocker that they're gonna want to put him in those situations more often than not. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It, it's the the big question and and this is this is like I guess the justification for me putting him at four is like I want I had him at three preseason mm-hmm. yep. and it, it was like, yeah, he has the tools to be the best tight end in the class. but is he also has the tools to be one of the best end line blockers that can catch passes in the the NCAA. And so he's got it. I, we could keep going around in circles, but it's like at the end of the day, Darnell Washington, he's going to be a freak. He's going to have 10 highlights in a season that are like, Oh my God, like why is a guy this big doing things like this? And he'd be my tight end two probably if we were just talking NFL value. But when it comes down to fantasy value, you just got to think about where is he like, where is he going to get that volume? And I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. And for, for reference, Mercedes Lewis best season in the NFL was 700 as a pass catcher was 700 yards, 10 touchdowns. So that's pretty damn good. Yeah. But that's pretty rare if you look at his career body of work. The 10 touchdowns was an was an extreme outlier for him. Uh, and he was up over 500 yards a couple other seasons, but I mean, he he's made a he's made a very long career for himself, made a lot of money in the NFL doing a lot more than just catching passes. So, I don't know. It's it, it's it's going to be very enticing <laughs> to roll the yeah. dice on this guy. Was, you know, you see some of the plays that Georgia drew up for him in the red zone. I mean, he's a complete nightmare to deal with there. But, yeah, so 
Yeah, you, you got to worry putting your goal line package out on defense when Darnell Washington's yeah. <laughs> on the end of the line. It's right. like, man, am I really going to put six D linemen and three linebackers out there when I have to also worry about Darnell Washington leaking out, being against my six-foot safety even? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he's got seven inches on him. So, <laughs> yeah, right. it's going to be fun. Oh, man. All right, so hold on a second here. I had Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, and you had Luke Musgrave and Darnell Washington. Yes. Which makes me wonder if we have the same number three tight end. And <laughs> I, if we I, do, this was going to be my hot take, and you stole it. If we if we have the same top three again, I'm going to be mad. All right. What's your number three tight end? Sam Laporta. Jesus, man. Come on. <laughs> like it's, how does this happen? I don't how know. does this happen? <laughs> This was like my big, like, I'm going to come on the pod. I'm going to state my case for Sam Laporta. This is going to be amazing. (laughs) No, don't have to make the case because he made it himself on tape. The release off the line of scrimmage. I think he's the best route running uh, tight end in the class. Uh, He's fast and quick, which is he's got very light feet. I mean, he's not the smallest tight end in the class. And he he feels like it, and it, he can break tackles against smaller players. Uh, only things I'm worried about not a not an impressive blocker, uh, and he could end up being a tweener. That that's the only thing because it, it feels like they don't have him at Iowa on the end of the line, and so you put him in the slot pretty often and you have running routes a lot but i i liked him a lot as a receiver he was one of my favorite watches so he, he surprised me dude i yeah it, literally exact same experience um I, i'm very interested to see how he measures like what is his actual height what is his actual weight because he's listed 6'4 249 which is good i mean that's fine I'm just wondering if he's a hair short of that. If he's not quite 6'4", he looks a little bit smaller. And if he's under 6'4", then you're getting into that, you know, he's a little bit undersized and that comes into play. But like you said, everything on tape as a receiver is very good. I mean, he's he's got some really, really nice routes. I mean uses his leverage really well. He's got a couple of slant routes that he just like yeah, cooks a slot corner on him. And it's I mean, that's the kind of stuff that when it, you see that out of a tight end, it's it's kind of exciting. It's a little bit rare to see that. Um and yeah, I mean, he didn't he had a he had a good season, 648 yards, only one touchdown. And that is something that comes up with him is the red zone numbers have always been kind of spotty. And obviously he's a little bit of a smaller player. You see some lackluster red zone numbers. You kind of maybe put two and two together a little bit, but I just, I I'm willing to bet on him right now. Let the process play out. See if any red flags come up in the combine. And as we get through the process here, but the tape's just too strong right now. He's, he's my number three, very comfortably. Yep. The, the thing that stood out, it's like five touchdowns in four years. Yeah. At Iowa, it's like mm, that's not ideal, especially when you're the like a pass catching threat at tight end. I feel like you got to be getting in the end zone, even if it's like like you look at someone like Dalton Schultz, 
who makes a living off of play action around the goal line. And you don't, uh, that's, that's more scheme than anything. So you could point to Iowa's offensive scheme and what they're doing. And I wouldn't blame you for that. Cause it's not like they're offensive innovators <laughs> over there. So I, if he gets put into a friendly scheme and I guess this goes for a lot of the tight ends where you're looking at, yeah, he's a good pass catcher, but if he's, you know, forced to run block, if he's stuck on the end of the line, if he's only running routes on 40% of their passing downs, then it's like, okay, they're not going to be fantasy relevant. But someone like Laporta is really impressive off the line of scrimmage, just period. It's like the the slant route, the trail route is, is nice out of the bunch where they he's – they're running the drag and then he's running behind him. He can just snap that off. He's really deceptive in his route running where the, the, the linebacker, the safety, whoever's guarding him is, is just doesn't know what he's doing. And Laporta snaps it off, which is really nice. Not something you see with a lot of these guys. Nope. Where it's a lot of rounding it off. It's a lot of running away from guys. It's a lot of play action. It feels like Laporta is really intentional and very technical about what he does when he's route running. So, uh, yeah, uh, I I like him a lot. Uh, there's some questions, like you said, about size and, like I said, the the, the tweener idea. I mean, he could be a good receiver, like <laughs> if if that's what the NFL asks of him, and they're like, hey, we need you to lose 15 pounds, and he measures in at six three. I feel like he could be a receiver, but he just wouldn't be a fancy relevant receiver. He'd just be a nice little like, yeah, go get in there and make some dirty catches across the middle that kind of guy i, I don't know yeah he uh, he's a mismatch at tight end is what yeah. he is i mean you take that skill set away and it yeah it's it's a little bit different but yeah i i the other thing i need to point out here is the the yards after the catch i mean this guy is you, you look for these tight ends like i said earlier that can catch it and do something with it because so many times it's short routes get the ball in their hands, they're kind of acting as a safety blanket, working off play action. Can they make something happen with when the ball's in their hands? And Laporta is excellent with the ball in his hands. There were only two players in college football that were better than Sam Laporta at yards after the catch as at the tight end position. One of them is a name that we haven't talked about yet, and we will. And the first one is Brock Bowers. So you're talking about elite company with the ball in his hands in an offense that was so lackluster. One of the worst passing offenses in the league, Iowa, and Sam Laporta was kind of a lone bright spot there. He he managed to accumulate stats by simply being a great player and and getting open and be, being the safety blanket for for Iowa. So I just really enjoyed watching him. Like, just a real blast to watch Sam Laporta. It was also a blast to watch the top two tight ends. Sure was. So, with that said, who is your number two tight end? My number two tight end is Michael Mayer. Uh, Notre Dame tight end. He's uh, probably the consensus number one NFL tight end. Uh, he'd be my number one NFL tight end, uh, but in terms of fantasy, I I got another guy higher. It's it's got nothing to do with how bad Mayer is. It's just another guy it impressed me more in the receiving game. Um, 
but Mayer, I mean, the catch radius is really good. He makes a lot of catches outside of his frame, has great extension, and just kind of plucks the ball. He's got big hands. Uh, he's a good run blocker. He, I, I talked about this a few times in the season where they'll literally just line him up and use him as a tackle, essentially, in the run game. And he'll, he'll seal edges, he'll clear out holes, he'll block and then move on to the second level. Really impressive. Uh, he uses size well in contested catches, in catches in traffic. Uh, he, he really bodies and boxes out defenders when he's going making those contested catches. Um, things I didn't love were I feel like he didn't break a lot of tackles. Like I feel like he carried some people, and but I, I, I just felt like I didn't see a lot of one-on-one like I am shedding this tackle and going to get five more yards. It felt like he lost a lot of those. Um, he's a pretty stiff runner. He's not very fast. I mean, he's 6'4", 265. He's a big fella. Um, and just kind of running after the catch in general. Just kind of left a little bit on the table for me. I, I wanted to see a guy this big that feels like he should be dominating people. Kind of Darnell Washington-ish where it's like I, I, like I see Darnell Washington make these guys look like little boys. And I wanted to see Michael Mayer do that because he is so big. It feels like he should be imposing himself on defenders. And I didn't see that after the catch. You see it before the catch. You see it, you know, bodying him up, get, making the catch, you know, getting separation that way. But after the catch, it just felt like left a little to be desired. Michael Mayer. Yep. My number two tight end. Oh, we did it again. All right. Um, yeah. So you stole both my hot takes. Um, all right. Lots to unpack with what you just said. Michael Mayer, great football player. Awesome football player. Will be, I think, the first tight end drafted in the NFL draft. And for good reason. Good blocker. Not a great blocker. Good blocker, and he's got the size to grow into that more. So that's good. Contested catches, I mean, the guy is – that's where he makes his money. That's where Michael Mayer makes his money is in the contested situations because he's not a separator. He really is not a separator. And that's something where, you know, when you look at – when you watch the tape, like you said, he's a little stiff. The routes aren't always great. He's not a great athlete. He's not going to test that well, I don't think, uh, relatively. He's not going to be one of these guys that you know shoots up the boards because he put up a crazy time. He Honestly, he's kind of a supercharged Trey McBride. Ooh. That's what I think he is. All right. He's a supercharged Trey McBride. And that I'm not that's not a slight. No, you were a big Trey McBride guy. I really, really like Trey McBride. First tight end drafted last year, second round pick to Arizona, first guy off the board at the position. Good player. Really good player. Michael Mayer is the better version of that player. He makes he will catch anything that comes his way. He will come down with any I mean, sixty five percent contested catch percentage this season on like 26 opportunities michael mayer was feasting at that at the catch point 
but he's not an he's not an explosive athlete. He's not a crazy, you know, he's not going to stretch the field well. He's not going to run crazy routes, you know. It, it's he just he is what he is. And that's a damn good player, but there is another player in this class that I think outshined him in that in the area that we care about here in fantasy. Uh, significantly enough that it makes up for the disparity in the other elements of their game. And that's where I landed with Mayer. That's I'm not this, I feel like I'm doing the preseason thing all over again cuz I had Eric Gilbert ranked ahead of Mayer because he's an athletic specimen that didn't play. Now yeah, I'm doing well. it again, but I need everybody to understand that Michael Mayer still a good player, maybe even a great player. Yeah, yeah. And Eric Gilbert, I mean, he'll get another shot, transfer to Nebraska. They're they're going to do Watch that out. whole Yep, they they got the whole re retool over there they're figuring things out historic program we'll see but uh over here michael mayer will be a i I think will be a very good tight end for a long time i i mean just the way he dissects zone coverage it it feels like he can feast off of that because the way he diagnoses and then sits down in between tight zones too where it's like in the goal line and he's a there there's you know, three linebackers and a, a corner sitting and he's just kind of sifting through all that. There's a guy behind him and he just finds the right spot to, uh, to sit down. It, it felt like he, he did that a lot and a lot of opportunities came from that. So I, I think Michael Mayer will be very good for a long time. And it's not a bad thing to have Michael Mayer be your number two tight end because that just means we're in a good tight end class. Exactly. That's, I mean, this is tier one. This is tier one. Absolutely. There's there's two guys in tier one for me this year. They're not separated by much. It's they're neck and neck. Mayor, good player. Super physical also. I need to point that out because with a guy this size where he's he's losing a little bit, that athleticism that's lost uh, with the 20 pounds that he has over some of these other guys, he makes up for it with really a really physical approach to – being a receiver. I mean, he will, he's not going to gain separation with his feet all that well, but he will gain separation with his hands and he will beat you up to do that. So he's a, he's a physical player. That's going to wear defenses down over the course of a game. And uh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be a really, really good NFL player. Very nuanced about his offensive pass interference too. <laughs> yeah, right. Hard <laughs> like, to call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he pushes off a lot, but it's and never like. That's a skill. Like, that's yeah, a skill. It really is. It's never super obvious. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about him. Number one tight end in the class, Dalton yes. Kincaid. Oh. Oh, I stole your thunder. Sorry. No, Josh Wiley. Oh, oh, wait. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Bearcats, go. <laughs> yeah, so Travis Kelsey 2.0. No. Yeah, Dalton Kincaid. Go, go, please. Dalton Kincaid. All right. Why do I have Dalton Kincaid at number one versus Michael Mayer? Well, simply put, the stats that we care about in fantasy football are yards, catches, touchdowns, all of that. I have more faith in Dalton Kincaid based on his 2022 body of work than any other tight end in this class to be relevant in those categories in the NFL because he's an exceptional receiver. He is, all things considered, the best receiving tight end in this class. 
He is of the mold of sort of a, I, I don't want to say like, he's, he's kind of like a Dalton Schultz type of a player. He's six, four, 240 will probably get up closer to 250, uh, you know, over the course of his first year or two in the NFL. That's good. Great size, but he's, he's just an exceptional, exceptional receiver yards after the catch uh, catch point. I mean, he'll hit the seam with a, with speed, uh, good route runner. I mean, he, he's, he does it all. And you don't have to look much further than the USC game that we talked about in great detail. When it happened, it got him nominated for a campy this year. I mean, the guy took over the game as a tight end and USC could not do anything. And we learned that the USC defense maybe isn't so great. Maybe it's not as impressive as it seems on the surface, but that being said, man, he beat the hell out of them and he won Utah that game. And I think that is the embodiment of who Kincaid is. He can be that X factor. He can be the field stretcher while also being the guy who can win over the middle and do all of those little things and he's not a bad blocker. I mean, he's not going to block with the best of them, but he has enough ability where he's not going to be a liability in that part of the game. You're probably going to line him up in the slot more often than not, but he can go in line when he needs to as well. So I think he's, I, for in this class, for me, fantasy purposes, he's a cream of the crop. Yep, I, I totally agree. I mean, the one thing that you didn't mention that I think was – impressed me the most especially versus Mayer, was the run after the catch yep because it, it felt like when he had the ball in his hands you were getting a first down and that that is where tight ends make their hay it's like i need to throw it to this guy on third and six and if i throw it four yards i need you to get me that too and it seems like kincaid did that over and over again where you can trust him you can do the kirk cousins and throw it to your guy. You got to trust him to break that tackle, and he he seems like he's delivering time after time. And being sort of undersized in terms of the rest of the class, I mean, he's the lightest tight end that we've talked about at two forty. Uh, he's six four, and that's generally I think the shortest of the tight ends that we have. But it doesn't show up like that. He doesn't play small. He doesn't play undersized. He, I mean, the the catches that he made, the catches in traffic, but especially the contested catches where he's one-on-one with a linebacker and Rising is putting it, you know, inside the linebacker's hip and he's got to kind of go down, extend for it. He gets the mitts on it. He pulls it in. He's a, he's a very safe player, quarterback's best friend. This is the type of tight end that, uh, I mean – he he can it reminds me of Mike Kosicki a little bit where it's a, it's it's a lot of really good receiving. I think he's a little better blocker than Kosicki because Kosicki's a very he's basically a wide receiver. Uh, but I, I think I think Kincaid makes it work as a dual threat a little more than Kosicki does. And I th- but I think like to your point, I think that is what we expect. King that's what Kincaid will be at the next level. He will be. If he's, you know, in a situation that utilizes him in the way that accentuates his talents, 
he will be used primarily as a pass catching weapon. I mean, that is what he does. He will stretch the field for you. He will do all those things. Mike Gusecki esque where he's not really playing the position in a way that we would traditionally think of it, but he will be in positions to succeed. And from a fantasy perspective, Yards after the catch, I do want to touch on that too because this is the player that I, I referenced. I was ahead of Sam Laporta. He was number two in yards after the catch in college football at tight ends this year. And, man, he is just he is electrifying after the catch. And everything you said totally applies. I think one of the things with him is length. He has, I, he has the length. Laporta isn't a long player. He's a little bit undersized, and he's not very long. Kincaid might be a, a sliver small, but he's he's long, and he can use his length really well in the passing game. This is another guy that knows how to use his hands, knows how to use his length to gain a little bit of extra separation and put himself in positions to make catches. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, man, I, I, I'm wondering where he's going to get drafted in the NFL. I think, I mean, I personally have a first-round grade on him, I don't know if he will, but I think he's that kind of a talent. Yeah, I, I agree. I think anybody that's looking to just help their uh, help their young quarterback, I think that's kind of a key in this where you're looking at, I don't know, uh, it'd be nice for the Ravens, but they, they have eight tight ends. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a, a team of that ilk where it's like the Jags, could use a tight end like this where it's just a safety blanket for your quarterback to go to in third down situations I mean they could have definitely used him in their last divisional game against the Chiefs anyway I I digress it's going to be fun to see where he goes and how he's utilized because I think he's got a, a ton of ways he could be deployed and that's the tight end class 2.0 style so this is one, it's always interesting to talk about it because we we know how this goes. We've seen this time and time again. Even the infallible, the generational, the uncanny athlete that was Kyle Pitts at the tight end position has not escaped tight end rhetoric in fantasy football. So... We've seen how this can go no matter who you are, where you come from, what your talents are. But, man, I think all things considered, I think this is a really fun class with a lot of really athletic players, some more raw than others. But I could see a few guys that kind of come in and add a little bit of energy to this position, which, I mean, you have a 12 point game you're tight end too that's how this works at this point so let's let's see it you know let's see it uh, manifest a little bit with with some of these guys yeah it'd be really nice to get more than one good tight end in fantasy i mean i i don't know if the obviously these rookies aren't going to be we don't we don't expect the rookies to be you know, a top five tight end. I don't think we can do that anymore. I don't think we could sit here and say, oh, yeah, Dalton Kincaid is going to be, you know, the dynasty tight end one, and he's going to be tight end four next year. I, we can't because we saw Kyle Pitts, like you said. 
who is younger than a lot of these guys? I was just good. I was <laughs> just literally pulling that up. I yeah. was like, "Hey, guess who's younger than Dalton Kincaid?" <laughs> yeah, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see these guys grow and develop, uh, learn the nuance of the run game in the NFL, uh, get hazed by their coaches potentially. We'll we'll see how it all develops. But uh, like we said at the top, it, it's a very hard position to project. I mean, who was the tight end last year? Who was the guy? Dulcich? What was, be, what uh, what did Dulcich what did He had like two good games. Well, that's better than a lot of guys. I and know. what was Dulcich? He was an athletic freak. So what do you look for with these guys? You look for freaks. Yep. You look for players. Like I said, the stats aren't always going to show it in college football, and especially when these guys are young, they're still growing into their bodies, they're still growing into the players that they're going to become. You're just looking for the freaks at the freakiest of all freaky positions, and that's tight end. So Kyle Pitts was the freak of all freaks, which is why he was the number four overall pick in the NFL draft. So maybe Luke Musgrave is oh, the guy. He's Chick Aquanko. All right. Quanquo, right, undersized. Hey, yep. victory for the undersized tight ends. Let's go. <laughs> he had uh, him and Kate Otten had were tied for the most yards of this Kate class. Otten. So I'm t- guys that just weren't really talked about before the uh, in the process. Yeah. So that that's kind of where I'm where I'm sitting. It's like I I I'd love to. I, I think Kincaid <laughs> has the most tools. I think Mayer has the most tools. But at the end of the day. Maybe it's all a shot in the dark. Slow down before you invalidate the last 50 minutes of conversation (laughs) that we just had. Listen, it's, it's, I'm just trying to lay out that it's tough out here. (laughs) Well, it is tough out here, but I will put my name behind my takes and I feel good about them right now. There is a long way to go. And especially for tight ends, we get into the testing portion of the process. We will learn a lot more. Uh, but the first stop on that road is the senior bowl. And we are less than two weeks away from that next week. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about IDPs. Tight ends got their own show. We're going to give IDPs their own show because they deserve it. There's three position groups that we're pulling from, and there's a lot of talented defenders in this draft. A lot of guys that have a lot of fantasy upside, fantasy potential, maybe even some superstars in the making. So we're going to talk about those next week. And we're going to do a little bit of a Senior Bowl preview, talk about some of our favorite names that are going to be in Mobile, guys to watch, guys that we think are going to raise their stock. And you come out of that week being like, hey, I, I know that name. That's the guy. And so that's what we're going to do next week. But um, until that point, follow us on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp dot dynasty and listen in every week because it's almost freaking February and the senior bowl is coming and the combine is going to be here before we know it. And then everything gets very, very real. And I got to start locking in my takes like Dalton Kincaid is tight end one. So Stay tuned for all of that because we're coming back every single week for some more action, Colin. I I can't wait. I'm I'm excited that we're into the depths and we're we're starting 
Uh, draft season feels like it's officially begun. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, Jeremiah and, drops a mock. They're all dropping mocks at this point. So when yeah. they start dropping, you know you're here. 100%. So, yeah, keep, stay locked in. Uh, we'll keep giving you our, our wonderful insight over here at Camp Dynasty. I'm, I'm excited that we're getting ever closer. You bet. So a lot of fun talking about tight ends this week. So thanks for stopping by Camp Dynasty and have a great week.